Life Audio. Hey, sis, and welcome to Inside Out with Courtney. It's a podcast that helps thousands of women all around the globe, just like you, grow in Christ, character, calling, career, and community. Join me along with occasional guests as we talk about biblical truths, overcoming issues of life as Christian women, while also being encouraged and equipped for every good work as we await the return of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Courtney Richard, and after a quick commercial break, we'll get ready to start growing from the inside out. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Well, again, welcome to the show. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about what to do when you find yourself drifting. So I believe that this is a very important message for our day because so many of us are busy doing so many things and it could be so easy for us to drift away from just being close to God. Uh, The other thing I would say is just the tests and the trials that we go through in life can sometimes cause us to drift away from the Lord as well. And so I believe that God is just calling us to be mindful of this very, very dangerous, sneaky thing that comes into our lives to try to cause us to just be away from the Lord or drift in our faith walk. And so uh, my pastor actually just finished talking about this message about drifting and I was like oh my gosh this is so good and so needed for our day and so with that being said I just thought that it would be really good to share a little bit about drifting in today's episode and so without further delay let's go ahead and dive into this life-changing episode now I do want to say that if you are struggling with drifting this is really going to minister I believe to you today it's going to encourage you and bless you but also if you know someone that is struggling you know that they're struggling in their faith walk you know that they're going through some really hard times and you want to encourage them to hold on and to stand firm in their faith and I think that this is going to be a really good episode to share with them so without further delay let's go ahead and dive in. You know, I like to start with breaking down the definition of what we're going to be talking about. And so since we're talking about drifting, it means to be carried away slowly by a current of air or water. It's a continuous slow movement from one place to another. Now, personally, this reminds me of a time when me and my husband was on our honeymoon and we decided to go to Destin, Florida. So we wanted to hang out on the beach before we got back to work and doing all of the things. And so we went to this beach and the waters and the waves were just, oh my gosh, it was just awesome. The waves were high. 
honestly, I had never been in a full body of water, like this beach water or anything. And so I was just ready. I had my raft and I was ready to just get into this water. And so we were just having so much fun and we were in the water and then these waves kept picking up and it just was so much fun. And I'm on this raft and I'm just floating and having a good time like I'm in a pool, right? Okay, so guess what happens? All of a sudden, I start getting further and further and further away from the shore. And my husband is there and he's swimming next to me. But then all of a sudden, I start drifting further and further away. And so it just hits me. I'm like, wait a minute. The people look like little ants. They look, they're so small. I'm so far away from the shore. And so I got off the raft. And when I got off the raft, I was already so far out there. I was just literally saw myself like being way out there in this ocean, you know, in this gulf, actually, that's what it was. And I was like, I got to get off this thing. So I got off and I was standing, but my feet kept sinking in the sand and the waves just kept coming and my back was turned to the waves. And every time I turned around, I saw these big, huge waves that were like coming about to sweep me further back. And actually what it was doing is every time a wave would come, it would pick me up and bring me back, pick me up and bring me back, pick me up and bring me back. And I got scared and my husband was reaching out for me. He was like, just grab my hand, just grab my hand. And he was trying to be calm and I didn't want to panic or anything like that. But I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, I'm in a danger zone. All of a sudden it hit me. You know how to swim. I forgot. Let me tell you something. I forgot that I knew how to swim. And then all of a sudden I started swimming back to shore all the way until I got back on good, safe grounds. Now, when we were getting in the elevator, there was someone that got in the elevator with us and he was like, those waves were high, huh? And I was like, yes, oh my gosh, it was so scary out there. He said, you guys didn't know you were swimming in a red flag zone. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, you're swimming at your own risk. The lifeguards are not going to come out there because, you know, the waters are really strong and you're in a hazard zone, you know? And I was like, what? And so I want to break down the definition of what a red flag is when it comes down to being in the waters when you're on a beach. And so what it means is it indicates hazardous conditions such as strong waves or currents. Oh, my goodness. And let me tell you something. There were five people that drowned in that same waters. When we got back home, I read the newspaper and it said in Destin, Florida, there were five people who drowned in those waters, in those, those high conditions, those hazardous conditions. But that showed me that God was with us. God was protecting us. But I will also tell you what it was, was it made a life lesson for me in regards to when you're drifting out so far away from the Lord, when you're getting so caught up in the cares of life or the busyness of life or getting, you know, swept away by the different tests and the trials that you're going through that you don't even, you know, you can't even tell that you've drifted. You can't even tell that you're not close to God. And so I say all this to say it is so important for our day. And so the question that I have for you right now is, have you ever found yourself drifting in your faith? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, what to do when you find yourself drifting. So for starters, the Bible warns us about drifting. And in Hebrews 2, 1, this is what it says. It says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. Oh my goodness, I just kind of pause and consider. That's having a Selah moment. Really consider what the scripture is actually saying, what the writer of Hebrews is telling us. We have to be careful. There's a warning, there's a hazard sign that is telling us to be careful. 
And I would say a parallel verse to that is in James 1.22, which actually happens to be one of my favorite life verses. And it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive your own selves. So when we're just hearing the word, we're going to church or we're listening to a message or we're listening to something on YouTube, or maybe someone has sent us a message, or maybe you're listening to a podcast episode where they're teaching you the word of God. You got to not just listen. You got to be a doer of what they're telling you to do because that's where the safety is. That is where the protection is. That is where the life change is going to take place. And so that's where you're not going to be deceived. You're not going to deceive yourself because you're actually listening and you're obeying what God is saying. And so this is so, so important. Now I want to move on to my next point, which is when you feel like you're drifting is I want you to fight to find your way back. So I want you to recognize that you are in fact drifting. Just like I said, when I was out there in those high waters, I realized, oh my gosh, like I am so far away from the shore. I've got to find my way back. And so I swam back. And so I want to encourage you right now to examine where you are, like look at where you are, examine your everyday life. Do you feel like you're drifting? And what does that actually look like? One of the verses that I want to read to you today is coming from 2 Corinthians 13, 5. And this is what it says. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So God is calling us to examine ourselves and to see whether or not we are in the faith. Like, check your heart, check your mind, check your actions and see, am I really living like the Lord has called me to live according to the scriptures? And this is not legalism. Like this is scripture. This is the word of God helping us to live a life that is going to not only help us, but also be an example for others. So are you drifting? And then the next thing I want you to do is to know what drifting looks like. So let's take a moment to look at that. Like, what does it actually look like in real time or what could it look like in our lives? And then I want you to just kind of look at your own life and see, are you doing any of these things? And so one of them is not reading the word of God like you used to or as much as you used to because you're busy because you've gotten caught up in doing all of the things or because maybe you're being persecuted because of your faith, or maybe it's because you are dealing with, like I said, tests and trials that are really, really hard and they're kicking up against you. And you're just like, you know what? I don't feel like God cares about me. I don't feel like he's with me. I don't feel like he's concerned about everything that I'm dealing with. Like, is it pushing you further and further away? Maybe it's not drawing closer to him due to the struggles, right? Or maybe it's not drawing closer to him through prayer. Maybe you used to pray a long time, but now you just kind of get this little quick two-minute or three-minute prayer, and you don't talk to God anymore throughout the day. Or maybe you do talk to God throughout the day, but you're not spending that dedicated time where you're praying for others and interceding for other people, maybe praying for your family or praying through tests and trials that you're going through, or just praying for the situation or circumstance that you're in, or praying for you know, growth, spiritual growth in your life and how to get better in your walk with the Lord. So maybe you've grown a a little bit away. Maybe your, your prayer life has waned. And so think about that. Has your prayer life waned? Maybe you're not fellowshipping as much. You know, we just went through COVID and a lot of people are watching church online. Have you found yourself that you are watching church online more instead of actually walking into the physical building? So examine yourself, recognize where you are. Maybe you're more open to not caring about sinning. I mean, you're doing things and you're just like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And then that's the slippery slope. That's when you start drifting away from truth. You start drifting away from what God has told you through his word. And so that's a danger zone. And so think about that. Are you drifting? 
because you're not really caring that you're sinning, that you're doing things that you know is wrong. James 4, 17 says it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And so maybe you're being callous and cold and mean and you're not bearing the fruit that you know you should be bearing. Maybe you're not treating your family or your coworkers or your fellow Christians and brothers well or your people that are online. You're not talking to them well. You're being, you know, callous online. Think about that. Maybe you're not evangelizing. You used to tell people about Jesus, but now you're scared or you're not talking to them about the Lord. And maybe you're thinking about whether what are they going to think about me if I share the gospel? Or are they going to push me away? Are they going to think that I'm crazy? Are they going to think that I'm weird? You're not evangelizing. You know, when you're drifting, I want to tell you something. Sometimes you don't even realize it. But I do want to tell you that we're not alone in the process. The Holy Spirit is right there to remind you that this is what's happening. And he's going to quicken you just as he did with me in those waters. He reminded me, you're far away. You need to get back to safety. But here's my question. Will we listen? If I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit at that time, I could have drowned out there. I could have been among the five people that would have drowned out there. I could have been the sixth person that would have drowned out there in those waters. So when the Holy Spirit quickens us and lets us know that we are drifting, we have to listen. We have to get back to where we once were. Well, all right, let's take a quick commercial break. And when I return, I'm going to share some ways of how you can get back when you feel like you're drifting. All right. So don't miss it. Stay tuned. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back. Well, let's go ahead and talk about what to actually do when you feel yourself drifting. So number one would be to remember how you used to read the word of God. So remember what you used to do, maybe you used to read the word an hour a day. So if you could get back to that, that would be amazing. So think about that. And you might have to take slow steps in order to get yourself back. So maybe it's 30 minutes, start with 30 minutes. Another thing too is to consider your Sabbath rest, like take a day off and on that off day, spend time in God's word, like really take some time and be very intentional. Just this past weekend, I was very intentional about my Saturday. I got up, I fixed me some tea, put on the fireplace, I sat down, I had 
my journal, my Bible, I had books and my pens and highlighters. And I was ready to just dive in and have a feast and a great time with the Lord. And I'm telling you, it was so refreshing. I so needed it for my soul because again, I'm very busy. I do a lot of things, but just like God rested, he calls us to rest. And so take some time, maybe take that Sabbath day. Maybe it's a half a day that you just really dive into the word of God and really get close to him. And then another thing is to consider choosing a book of the Bible, if that's going to help you to be able to get back into the word. Another thing is just draw closer to him, even in the hard times. You may have felt distant from him. Sometimes people draw away from the Lord when they're going through hard times, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. And it's this moment where you're going to have to press and fight your way back to say, you know what, Lord, I know you love me. I know you care about me. I know you care about all that concerns me. This is hard. This is a very tough season, but I know that you've got me. I know that you're going to carry me through. You've got to fight and press through that. Maybe your prayer life is not as hefty or as long as it used to be. You may have used to pray for 30 minutes or 15 minutes or maybe an hour, and you've gotten away from that. Well, I want to encourage you to get back to that and then start small. Once again, start off in five minutes. And so you go into the 10-minute mark, right, or 15 minutes. And then if you've been away from church because of, like I said, with COVID, we've gotten kind of comfortable with virtual church and watching church online. I love being in the building. The moment we could get back into the building, I was in the place. My family was in the building. And I just love being around people. I love a good fellowship. And so maybe you're at home and maybe you've been watching church online and there's nothing wrong with that. I want to say this right now. There's nothing wrong with that, but we also have to be careful. We have to watch the enemy because the Bible says, don't forsake the fellowship now as the day of the Lord is drawing near. So we want to make sure that we're spending time with other believers that we're in the presence and the company company of other believers, because in that fellowship, we're encouraged, we are strengthened. And so the enemy does not want you to be encouraged or strengthened. He wants you to instead isolate, even if you're with your family, you may feel like, well, Courtney, I'm not isolated. I'm with my family. We're sitting down and that's great, but you also need to be around other believers. Okay. So if you read the book of Acts, it's going to tell you about that all throughout the Bible, they were together. And so think about that. So get back if you need to, slowly work yourself back into it. And I understand, listen, I want to say this. I understand if you're sick. I understand if you're like, you know what? I need a season. I need a moment. And that's okay. But I still want to encourage you to get back around fellow believers. With that being said, I want to encourage you to schedule a coffee or a tea time with a friend or with someone from church, or maybe it's a coworker, or maybe it's someone that just wants to grow in their walk with the Lord. Maybe you're going to do some one-on-one discipleship. So think about going to lunch or think about going to dinner or just going to have some fun. Go have an outing with some friends. Get out of the house. Plan a day where you can go and fellowship. The other thing I want to tell you is to guard your heart and watch your actions. So when you're drifting, that's something that you have to watch out for because God calls us to live righteously. When we look at Matthew 6.33, what does it say? It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. So we want to make sure that we are living according to truth and we're living righteously. So if you're not and you find yourself drifting in your heart and in your mind and in your actions, then you want to get back. The other thing is maybe you haven't been treating people right. You haven't been treating them well. Maybe the people in your home or maybe it's people outside of your home, but get back to treating people with love and gentleness. Amen, amen, amen. And then the other part I would say before I move on to my next point is to evangelize, to be on mission, to make disciples, as I just mentioned a moment ago, because God calls us to do what? To go 
and make disciples. And so we want to make sure that we are evangelizing. If we're keeping to ourselves and we're not, you know, talking to God and spending time in his word and praying with him, then we're not going to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when he prompts us and leads us to go and share the gospel, to go and share the good news with someone who doesn't know Jesus. So be sensitive, be on alert and get back to that. And if you haven't been doing that, then I want to encourage you to evangelize because we are all called to share the gospel. All right, let's move on to my next point, which is, guess what? Drifting is dangerous, sis. It is dangerous if you don't catch yourself, all right? So the subtitle I want to say in Hebrews 2, which we read a little bit earlier, was about warning against drifting away. That's what the subtitle says. And Satan wants nothing more than for us to fall away or to walk away from the faith. We know that in the last days, the Bible warns and tells us that before Jesus Christ returns, that there's going to be this great falling away right? Before the Antichrist and all the things, there's going to be this great falling away. And so we have to be very conscious of the enemy. That's all he wants to do is to get us to walk away from our faith. And I love what Jesus says in John 6, and it's verse 66 through 69. And this is what he says. It says, Jesus's speech made many of his disciples go back to the lives that they had led before they followed Jesus. So Jesus asked the 12 apostles, do you want to leave me too? But this is what Simon Peter answered. He said this, Lord, to what person could we go? Your words give eternal life. Besides, we believe and know that you are the only holy one of God. So really just think and pause on that for a moment. I want to tell you that the subtitle for this particular passage, I I have to share this with you. This is so, so important. It said, many disciples desert Jesus. That's the subtitle. And we know if he's saying disciples, these were his disciples that have walked away. And it's not the 12 disciples. It's just disciples who were in the crowds who were following him. Because that's what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner, is a follower of Jesus Christ. And so we want to be like Peter. We want to be more and more like Peter when we say, Lord, where will we go? Where will we go? That's how that's how I am sometimes. I'm I get real personal with God. I'm like, where would I go? Like you are my life. You are my everything, God. And so as disciples, we want to make sure that we stay with the Lord, no matter what he says, because this is at a time when people were in the crowds and they were listening to Jesus. And he was basically saying that, you know, you're going to eat of my flesh and drink my blood. And and people were just like, what? And so they walked away because it was just a hard teaching. They just couldn't grasp what in the world was he saying? And what was he calling them to to abide by and to listen to? And so sometimes we are reading the word of God and it's hard things. It's some things that maybe you've read or maybe I've read. And it's like, what? Like, this is, are you serious, God? Like, oh, this is hard. Or there's a conviction and there's something maybe that you don't want to stop or something that you know is wrong. And you're just like, oh, but it feels so good because sin is pleasurable, but for a season, right? But you know that you need to stop. You know that it's not good. Have you ever been there before? Because I know that I've been there before. But it's in moments like that when the Lord is showing us, I know it's a hard truth. But will you abandon me or will you stay with me? And so we want to be like Peter where he says, where will I go? All right. So as I get ready to close this episode, I want you to remember that Jesus loves you. Sis, Jesus loves you. Dear listener, I want to tell you, he loves you so much and he wants you to make it home safely. He wants me to make it home safely. And that is why we have warnings like this in the Bible. Just like we know those five people that I talked about a little bit earlier who drowned out there, they didn't make it home. They did not make it back home safely. They drifted out there, they got too far out there, and they drowned. They didn't make it. 
And so we need to remember that Satan only wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy our lives, our faith, and our love for Jesus and our love for others. And so we have to fight him. We have to get back to the right place in God. And so one of the scriptures that I want to read is actually coming from Jesus's mouth himself. And it's through Revelations 2, 1 through 5. And I'm also going to read verse 7. And this is what it says. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered that they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Now, this is what verse 7 says. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Oh, that is so good. I don't know about you, but I want to eat from that tree of life. Amen. Ooh. And so with that being said, we want to be victorious. He says to everyone who is victorious, and we are victorious when we love God and we love each other. And so this is what the Lord is telling us. He wants us to remember and go back to our first love. We need to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, mind, and strength. And we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. So are you loving God and people, sis? Are you loving God and people, dear listener? He also goes on to tell us, if you love me, then keep my commandments. We hear that all the time. And so we need to look at, okay, what does it look like for me to love my neighbor? Well, we can look at the Good Samaritan story, read that parable, and we can also follow from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, which is all about love and how we need to love others. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not rude, right? All of the things. So go ahead and take some time to read that when you have a minute. So what I want you to remember right now in the midst of this moment, if you're drifting or if you know someone who is drifting, let me tell you, God is speaking to us right now. He wants us to be loyal and he wants us to remain in love, not only for him, but also for others. And so as you go through life, I want you to remember, number one, who you are in Christ and remain with him. Remember that you are a follower of him, that you are a disciple of him, and that guess what? We're not going to abandon him. Amen. We're not going to abandon our faith. Instead, we're going to remain strong in our faith. We're going to live according to scripture. We're going to love God and love people. And we're not going to forget that Jesus Christ is coming back soon. So let's stay close and let's stay ready from the inside out. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, I pray that this episode has helped you. Also, if you need prayer or just want to let me know how this episode has served you, you can email me directly at InsideOutWithCourtney at gmail.com. Also, be sure to connect with me on social media, subscribe to the Inside Out With Courtney podcast and blog, and don't forget to tell other women about it. I'd also love it if you could leave a review and also don't forget to grab a freebie of your choice at CourtneyRichard.com. If you're hosting an event, let me know all about it by visiting CourtneyRichard.com slash booking. Now, before I go, I just want to take a quick moment to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with me on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. And let me tell you something, they've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and so much more. 
All right, that's it for now. Until next time, remember, Jesus Christ is coming back soon. So let's get ready from the inside out. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.